Welcome to another episode of Fear Not, the podcast that tells us why we're afraid of all the wrong things and oblivious to what can actually kill us. Trending this week, police shoot blanks inside an Ohio high school in the latest active shooter drill. Will the Miami Heat get a sexy new stadium sponsor? It's so Florida. That and so much more coming up on Fear Not. Today is gonna be a good day. Don't care what anybody else say. Oh, I don't need a fortune cookie to tell me the way I'm feeling. Gonna be a good day. A good day. Welcome back to Fear Not. It's episode 27. Alonzo Bowden, my partner in fear, is on the road, but our crack producer, Adam Everest, is sitting in for another mini-episode to tide you over until the new year. Hey, Adam. Hey, Barry. Happy to be here, man. As a reminder, we plan to wrap up season one and take a short hiatus, but we don't want to leave you all for that long without your weekly dose of fear busting. So we're bringing you mini-episodes with new info every week through the holidays. And, you know, we sociologists live off of good research, new, noteworthy studies. They come out all the time. But at the same time, fear mongers, they'll take these studies, they'll take the journalist reports, and they'll manufacture new ways to scare everybody. So what we're going to be doing is revisiting some of my fears of the week to update you with the latest information. But first, Adam, before we get to that, what's the latest from Alonzo? Yeah, I, I love being Alonzo's hype man here. <laughs> so he's going to be in La Jolla from December 6th through the 8th. So if you're there, you can check him out. He's also going to be in Hermosa Beach at the Comedy and Magic Club, Barry, on December 10th through the 12th. Comedy and Magic. That's stuff I like. And of course, Barry, if you want to know the up-to-the-minute things with Alonzo, follow him on Twitter, Instagram, or go to his website, alonzoboden.com. I want to tell everybody something close to my heart that I'm so pleased that Alonzo's doing. He's going to be appearing in a special fundraiser at the Parker Playhouse in Florida with a couple of other comics. This is a ways off. Put it in your calendar. It's February 19th of 2020, but tickets are on sale already for this thing at theticketmaster.com. And the cause is one, as I say, near and dear to my heart, which is Fred Gutenberg's charity that he started for gun safety after his daughter died in the Parkland shooting. Uh, so you can check it out easily. You'll find it online. Uh, again, it's called Comedy Night at the Parker Playhouse. It's February 19th. And don't fear Florida in that instance. As always, we're here to debunk fears. Please keep sharing the podcast with your friends. They'll be able to stay calmer too, and it'll keep them safe and happy through the holiday season. And please, like us on the platform of your choice. We're on Twitter at Fear Not Official. You can always email us too, fearnotofficial at gmail.com. And please subscribe to this podcast. You'll get alerts every single time we post. Let's get this thing started. You may remember that we did a piece on active shooter drills in schools. The way that came about was a concerned mom called in because her kid was traumatized by the drills. And I have to say, since then, by the way, I've heard from moms of school-aged children saying the same thing, that they, they hear about these things and it just terrifies them to think of their kid going through this. Anyway, this, this story is from episode four, so uh, let's take a quick listen. Hey, Barry and Alonzo. Um... 
So basically, the reason I'm calling is my son Jackson is seven, and uh, last week he did an active shooter drill at a school, um, and then this weekend we took him to the baseball game, and they had all these fireworks, and when they went off, my son dove under a seat and started screaming at us to get down on the ground. He started crying hysterically. I mean, finally we had to take him to the therapist just to, like, calm him down, and I'm just... I'm all about preparing for for stuff, but is there such a thing as too much fear? This really is a great question. We've been grappling with this for 20 years since the Columbine shooting in 1999. I don't have kids, but I have a friend, and she actually left the country. Her and her husband moved back to Ireland because she said things are getting so crazy, and she didn't want to raise her child in a world where there were active shooter drills. Now, this is what she's afraid of, all right? So let's set up the scenario, because we've seen it before. First, there's a terrible school shooting. Now, we can't take the gun away from the crazy person, right? Because he's usually a white guy with a manifesto. So instead, we add a ton of security to the schools. And then we talk about things like arming the teachers. And we scare the living shit out of these little kids by showing them what to do if a nut job comes to school with an arsenal of guns determined to do maximum carnage. Okay, kids, let's all repeat the active shooter mantra. Run, hide, fight. Run, hide, fight. This is insane, Barry. Is there any data that shows this is working? That's pretty much the story, Alonzo, and I get it. I've written about this subject a lot. And in fact, Michael Moore's Academy Award-winning movie, Bowling for Columbine, was inspired partly by my work that deals with mass shootings and by our, about our response to it and all that kind of thing. So here's what we need to know. About 95% of public schools run lockdown drills. More than 4 million students have experienced at least one lockdown uh, or a lockdown drill. That includes 220,000 kindergartners, kindergartens, little kids and preschoolers. There's a lot of money being made off of active shooter drills. There's a company called Alice Training and that stands for alert, lockdown, inform, counter, evacuate. And this Alice Training Company, they've sold their services to more than 5,000 schools. They've trained over a million individuals. And you know how much the training costs per class? You know, Barry, I read your book, and I noticed fear things all about money. So what are they charging, $1,000 a kid or some crazy number? About $600 a class. That adds up to a lot of money. And they're just one of the companies. Another company sells something called the Night Lock Barricading System, for which they get $60 per door. There are a lot of doors in most schools. And this one is supposed to provide protection in just seconds for emergency lockdown situations. Isn't that something we've had before we call a lock? This is a real expensive version of that. There's another marketer who's selling something called Life Light. And I love this one. This is a laser-sided pepper spray launching flashlight that sells for 200 bucks a unit. See, this is the insanity I'm talking about. So a guy's shooting at you with a gun, and you're going to pull out a flashlight with pepper spray. And it gets worse. Some schools go all out to make these drills even more real. They use things like fake blood and firing blanks at students. Some places require the drills not to be announced even in advance, which makes them appear real. One school in Indiana actually had teachers shot execution style with pellet guns 
leaving them injured for real. And this is why the kid was scared. Listen, when I was a kid, we had fire drills, but they didn't actually set fire to the gym so it would be a little more realistic. What the hell is wrong with these people? This is scary stuff, Barry, but it doesn't seem to be stopping. Last month, yet another school, this one in Franklin, Ohio, spent an entire day doing an active shooter drill. This one was a full-on attack with police standing in for the shooter using blanks instead of real bullets. Now, Franklin High School is about 20 miles outside of Dayton, where some of you may remember there was a horrific shooting at a nightclub just last August. It was truly awful. I mean, in 30 seconds, the shooter killed nine people, injured 27 before being killed by local police. But this active shooter drill, it was for staff, it was for students, It had actually been two years in the planning, so they'd started planning it long before the Dayton shooting, and it consisted of police firing blanks several times inside the building using a shotgun and a rifle. Students and staff were to react as they would if it was in, quote, unquote, a real-world scenario. They had to decide whether to evacuate or barricade themselves inside the classrooms, and every classroom in this place was equipped with a barricade doorstop to keep the doors from being forced open by an intruder. Rodney Roberts, who was the business manager for the Franklin School District, said this about the shooter drill. Quote, we want to inform, educate, and empower students. I feel very strongly about this. It's the next step to building a solid plan. Barry, you said the business manager. Is it odd that it's not the superintendent or the principal that's doing this? Yeah, it is kind of odd. It makes me think that it's just about buying specialty equipment for this situation. I think there could be some truth to that. And the thing is, it's not only the cost of the equipment or the cost of staging the drill, which costs something too, but it's the emotional toll that it takes on everybody involved, the students, the teachers, staff, security, parents. Even they knew that this was going to take an emotional toll because after the morning drill, which itself took about three hours, the remainder of the day was devoted to, and I quote this from the school, conversations related to safety as well as other social-emotional activities to help students process any emotions they feel as a result of the drill, end of quote. So counselors were on hand to assist the students. They knew that this was going to be emotionally challenging. Here's a clip of the drill itself and and of the police talking to the students afterwards in a debriefing. This is your school, guys. We're here to help you protect you, okay? You guys get that? This is your place. This is your safety zone. I don't know how that sounded to you, Adam. I thought that was pretty intense. Yeah. And I mean, for high school kids to to have to in, in, endure this, and, and you know, we're just hearing it. We weren't even, even in the room. Exactly. I cannot imagine going through that experience and then having somebody yelling at you, essentially putting all the pressure on you to do the right thing. It's it's a lot for anybody, actually. I mean, it, it's very, very intense. And the odds of a school student, a public school student, getting shot and killed That's about one in 614 million. Your kids have a better chance of being killed by a shark or hit by lightning than by an active shooter. So we found what the local newspaper, the Dayton Daily News said, and here's what they said. Even though the students knew a drill was coming and that it would involve the firing of weapons, some were still scared when they heard the shots and smelled the gunpowder in the hallways. 
It's a direct quote. Senior Samantha Earnhardt said this. They did have the gunfire, like, uh, up by our room. It was scary. Like, I, I knew it was happening, but I still, like, jumped. And it was very emotional. Like, I started to cry. Like, I just don't know. It's like it's a really horrible situation if that were to actually happen. And Roberts that business manager, he admitted that some students became panicked or anxious and asked to see counselors. Now, look, not all students were highly traumatized, of course. Here's a senior named Austin Begley who said, it's helpful to know what to do in this situation in today's day because it could happen anywhere. I, relating it to my own life, Barry, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was looking at this, I thought, there's some other places that I go that we don't do drills like this. I go to the movies. And I was trying to imagine if I was at a movie theater and they were doing it, I feel like I would be traumatized even going through a fake scenario like that. And, you know, a mall's not going to do that. Right, right. (laughs) And why are they not going to do that? Because they would lose business. Well, now I want to ask you this. Is this worth it? Is there any research that shows that this actually saves lives doing these drills? Short answer, there's no way to do this research in any way that's scientifically meaningful. Maybe you could have kids who have not had the training and then see how they do in an active shooter drill, you'd, I mean, in, right. in, in an active shooter situation. And you'd have to really wait a long time, and you'd have to have a huge number of kids, right? So that's not going to work. You know, imagining how to really do it in a rigorous scientific way is very hard. But there are professionals who work with children on a day-to-day basis who are very well-informed about children, about adolescents, and they're increasingly coming down on the side of these drills doing more harm than good. I have a friend who's a teacher and she teaches third grade, and she was telling me about practicing this drill, and she takes the third graders and she physically has to push them into little cubbies and shove them into nooks and crannies. But the inter- I was shocked when I heard her talk about it, but the interesting thing was she ended her story by saying, but it's necessary. There are people who think it's necessary or, or it wouldn't be going on. And, I, you know, I know some teachers on both sides of this, of this debate um, and some parents on both sides of the debate. But I, as you know, like to look to the experts to the extent we can find them. And those are the professionals who work in these areas. Right. One of them is a guy named Bruce Perry. He's the founder of the Child Trauma Academy. Uh, and they have clinical teams that, that uh, assist maltreated and traumatized children. And they do that in a variety of ways with counseling and research and education. And here's what Dr. Perry had to say, quote, a whole new cottage industry has emerged where people who don't know anything about kids are jumping in and adapting protocols for groups like police officers or people preparing for combat. There's no evidence that these drills work. And if the real thing does happen, when adrenaline's pumping, all those lessons learned are going to be forgotten. The number of uninformed and completely stupid ideas is mind-numbing. He and other experts recommend you just tell kids what happens in the case of an active shooter. You show them videos about what to do, like the safety videos on planes. I have to agree with Perry. And listen to what a journalist at the New York Times reported in September. I think this is important. This is a quote. Psychologists and many educators say frequent, realistic drills contribute to anxiety and depression in children, and they have begun urging school systems to rethink active shooter training for children and to teach preventive measures like recognizing and seeking help 
for troubled classmates. And what's equally important to all this is something that we pointed out back in episode four when we were talking about this. As tragic and horrific as school shootings are, and they definitely are, nobody's minimizing that, the chances of anybody being involved in one of these is really small. The chances of being killed or even hurt is exponentially smaller. But I saw a report on CNN a few weeks ago that said that we've already had 22 school shootings in 2019. Listen, Adam, you know what an anti-gun person I am. I mean, I think people should have a right to own them, but they ought to be kept safe. They need to be controlled in various ways. But listen, this is the trouble with a lot of bad fear-mongering reporting. CNN, I'm sure, meant well, and others who've repeated the statistic of the 22 shootings. But every shooting, while it's tragic, and we should work to prevent them, it's important that they be put in perspective by the media when they talk about this. There's a huge difference between, quote, school shootings and mass shootings that happen at schools. Those are two different things. So that figure of 22 school shootings, that includes any incident involving a firearm on school grounds in which a student was injured or killed. The fact is not one of those 22 shootings were mass shootings, which is three or more people killed, not including the suspect, as defined by the FBI. A recent ABC News story noted that as of October 1 of this year, there have been 21 mass shootings. But guess what? Not one of those 21 mass shootings took place at a school. Schools tend to be very safe places. What's worse in all of our research on this recent drill, the one we're talking about now in Ohio, nowhere did we see anybody saying that they explained to the students how rare these shootings are in schools. If someone did explain that, it sure wasn't the main focus. At the very least, if you're going to scare the crap out of kids, give them all the facts. So just for me to be clear, Adam, there have been shootings at schools that resulted in deaths, but they have all been incidents where one or two people were targeted and killed, and in most cases by people who knew each other or gun accidents. Certainly, there will be more mass shootings in schools. We can predict that. It's very sad. They'll probably be incredibly rare. They'll probably happen. But what are we going to make of this? Look, there's no one that I know of who's more concerned about gun violence than Shannon Watts. Many people know about her. She founded the gun safety group Moms Demand. It's been getting a lot of attention. She has a book out right now. She's no fan of these drills, to put it mildly. Here's what she says. They rob children of their belief that schools are, in fact, extremely safe places. And that's a bad thing. I'm adding that. She didn't say that. But it is a very bad thing. Going back to the idea of preventative measures like teaching kids to recognize troubled classmates, Barry, I was watching the Dave Chappelle Netflix comedy special, and he lives in Ohio, roughly 30 minutes from Franklin High School, this this school that the shooting drill took place at. And he did a bit about active shooters on his special. It was hilarious, and it made me think about this whole issue in his perspective. Take a listen. I tried to change the subject of how's school going, boys? And my son's telling me, well, we didn't have school today, technically. I'm like, well, what's going on? He said, well, there was like a school shooting drill. I never heard of this. You know what this is? They have drills that they make kids do uh, where they practice what to do if somebody comes to shoot up their school. I'd never heard that before. I was like, what the then I had to tell my sons the truth. I didn't want to tell them this. Son, son, listen to me. F- that drill. 
Why would you have kids rehearse for some shit they have no control of? All you're doing is training these kids to worry. It's the stupidest drill I've ever heard of. And while you're in there training them during these drills, why well, aren't you training the shooter too? This nigga's in here listening and learning like the other kids sitting in the back. Of... So where are we supposed to meet? <laughs> All right, Barry. So th- that point of view there, it's something that I, you know, I-, I kind of agree with. And I know this special has caught a little bit of flack for the stuff he says, but, you know, his view on these shooting drills, it's it's just another reason why I think these are kind of outrageous and shouldn't be done. And here's the bottom line. Fear active shooter drills. They're expensive emotionally and financially, and there's no evidence that they work. Down in Florida. It's time for Fear Florida, which is one of my favorite segments every single week. And I'm glad we're continuing these through the holidays. Even in Alonso's absence, we're missing him. But Adam, give it a go. All right, Barry, here's the headline. Porn site bank bros just (laughs) bid $10 million for Miami's NBA stadium to become... The Bang Bros Center. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Here's the story, and this is according to Business Insider. The American Airlines Arena, a.k.a. the AAA, has been the home of the Miami Heat since its construction in 1999. Last year, American Airlines announced it was no longer looking to renew its sponsorship, so a bidding war began as companies jostled to become synonymous with the arena. And then a press release hit the web with this headline. World-famous Bang Bros announces bid for naming rights of American Airlines Arena. (laughs) So if things go their way, right, the Miami Heat could play their next game from the Bang Bros Center, Barry. That's perfect, right? They are the Miami Heat. Oh, yeah. I love that. It puts a whole new meaning to some of these basketball terms. (laughs) Right. Okay. So then the internet goes crazy. Uh, Obviously, this story's insane. So somebody named at 24 Obama immediately tweeted, Disney on ice at the Bang Bros Center? (laughs) The company itself said via tweet, we officially submitted our $10 million bid for the naming rights to the Miami Heat Arena. We wish to thank American Airlines for their past support of the at Miami Heat. We intend to change the name to the Bang Bros Center, a.k.a. the BBC. They're saying it's hashtag Bang Bros Cares. That's that's their thing. It's kind of... uh, uh, positive spin on it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so as fun slash traumatizing as it would be for the Bang Bros Center to be the name of the arena, it's super unlikely to become the reality, oh, right? bummer. Cleveland Superlative Group, the company handling the deal, told the Miami Herald last year that they think the naming rights are worth triple the $2 million a year that American Airlines paid. So that's $6 million a year. So the $1 million that Bang Bros was talking about, that's just not going to cut it. Plus... Barry, it's a porn site. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I just have to jump in with one thing, though. Yeah. Fear Florida. Today is gonna be a good day. That's it for this mini episode of Fear Not. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. And give us a five-star review to help us rise on the charts. And if you want to see Alonzo live, and I recommend it, check out his tour schedule. It's on his website at alonzobowden.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Alonzo Bowden, and check him out many weeks on NPR's news quiz, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and you can find me at barryglassner.com. And if you want a great read, check out Barry's book, The Culture of Fear. Millennials, get out there and read a book. 
It's available on Amazon and bookstores everywhere. And as always, if you hear news stories that make your hair stand on end, or they sound like somebody's trying to fill you with fear, please send them to us at fearnotofficial.com or just tweet us at fearnotofficial, and we'll see if we can find the truth. Good night, good morning, whenever you're listening. Fear Not is a Stone and Company Entertainment production, hosted by Alonzo Bowden and Dr. Barry Glasner, executive produced by Scott A. Stone, produced and edited by Adam Everest, written by Scott A. Stone, Barry Glasner, and Adam Everest. Alonzo writes stuff too. Don't believe him. Our sound engineer is Tim Moore. Legal Beagles, Loeb and Loeb. Crack accountants are 10 key accounting. Special thanks to Gary Brown, Betsy Amster, and Adam's imaginary girlfriend.